top agents identified the seven top housing issues in 2021. And we got another Philly feel-good story next on Tool Time. I'm Tom Tool. she's Sarah Timon. We are back with another episode, more real estate news. We even got some local news today, which is a big, nice change of pace, some feel good stuff. So uh, why don't we jump in? So Zillow is making more changes, Sarah, right? Big surprise. Right. Uh, the, the shift here, just the overview, is that they're going to an IDX feed. And if you don't know what that is, that's an internet data exchange feed, very similar to the website we have and other real estate websites that are out there. Uh, and they're making some other changes to how Premier Agents work, specifically with personal guides and removing pre-foreclosure data. What do you think about all this? Yeah, so I mean, if there's one thing we know about Zillow, it's that they are always changing and they're always kind of evolving. I actually like some of these changes that they're, that they're doing. They, in particular, you mentioned there, the getting rid of the pre-foreclosures. That's awesome <laughs> um, because they do, they clog up you know, people are looking through, they think that they see a really great opportunity here. And, but you don't, I mean, foreclosures in themselves can be very, not a quick, smooth process. Pre-foreclosures, even longer. So, you know, people are, are interested in these, they get excited about them, they call in, and then it is a little bit deflating uh, when you hear like, well, the timeline for when this could even be a possibility is, you know, so long. And then right up until the very end, I mean, you can keep pushing that back, pushing that back, pushing that back, and it's it's one of those things that you can really um, focus on, and it's it's kind of a waste of of time and energy in most cases. But you know, those homes never come up for sale, and right. if they do, they come on the market like anything else. So I, I do agree with you on that because we feel a lot of calls like, "Hey, is this home coming on the market?" And especially now with how short inventory is, buyers yeah. are like, "Give me something, anything." Yeah. So I do agree with you on that because all that means is that someone like missed a mortgage payment, right? right? And that happens, and it doesn't mean you can't get back on track. Yeah. You're no longer in the foreclosure process, it's just your bank moves the loan into a different status, and that's how they get alerted. So I, I totally agree with you on, on that. Um, the IDX feed is I, I like is because it's real data from the MLS, and mm -hmm. I, I think that's been the big complaint about Zillow, where you see agents like fighting over sales, or mm -hmm. you see people that they say, well, the data's a little inaccurate. So this is coming right from the MLS, and look, Zillow's becoming a brokerage, right? Like this is the same kind of website that Remax has, that Berkshire Hathaway, Keller Williams, all these other companies, they all have them. So I, I do, I, I, that's not a surprise to me. Mm -hmm. um, what, what this tells me is for agents that are out there and you've been relying on Zillow for your business, you better diversify your lead pillars. And, and we've heard this from a million people. Tom Ferry talks about this. All the best trainers talk about this. And if you don't have a business that has multiple lead pillars, mm -hmm. because a lot of people, they're just used to, buying leads, and that's how they do everything, and that's their whole business model, you're gonna be in trouble because Zillow's gonna just do whatever they want. Change right. is the only constant there. They've told me that in their offices. One thing we're really good at is change. Like that, This is literally coming from their mouths. So my view is, especially with the way they're changing like premier agent advertising, right? Mm -hmm. So you wanna talk a little bit about that because it's a little different than what you've seen in the past. So I think what, I mean, traditionally, you would have your premier agents that would get, um, when you would log on, this is who would get the leads and mm -hmm. who they would reach out to with the, the different pieces of information. They are taking that away and making, what was the term that they used for them now? It's gonna be personal guides. So it's, you know, normally like your listing appears on Zillow and there's three different agents that are there and then it'll say like listing agent if they're one of those people. If they're not, it'll say the listings provided by X office at the bottom. But now what you can't see is all the reviews, right? Mm -hmm. They also got the sales feed screwed up. That's kind of like a different thing, right. which we'll, we'll talk about in a second. 
but it, it, all you see is the person's head and you can't like deselect the person anymore and, and select somebody else. So really it's just, it, it's gonna be harder to generate all your business from advertising with Zillow. And that's what a lot of people relied on, especially like not so much now, but the early adopters, like 2010, 2011, 2012, when you only needed like five reviews, now everyone's got like 500. Right. Very, very different time. And then on top of this, I think the other thing people are complaining about is that their sales history is all screwed up. Right, which they off. did say they yes. were working on and that should get updated. But I mean, yes, because that is certainly something that people are going to look at and I, it shows your your track record and what you've done. So that is an important piece to have accurate. But I think they'll hopefully get that up and Fixed. Yeah, well, I mean, we've been talking about this for a while. So a lot of people just say, hey, go check out my Zillow profile. Mm -hmm. So what a smart team member should be doing or a smart team leader or a smart any, any sort of agent, come up with your own map of sales, right? Like we've done this stuff. Come up with your own places for reviews. Make it somewhere where you can control it because if you can do that, then whatever a publicly traded company is going to mm -hmm. do, it's not going to affect you and you're not going to be disruptable. And we've heard this from people all over the place. You've got to build your own brand and outmaneuver people on the local level with skills, with brand building, with reputation. And to me, that's the answer for every agent is you got to go old school. This is like what 20 years ago, which makes you seem really old, which apparently I am. Um, th that was like what, what people did. That's how they generated business. And then Zillow came along and now it's kind of shifting the other way. So right. it's, it's kind of back to basics in my view. Right. And if you kind of put all of your eggs in one basket with Zillow, I mean, the one thing that they've said is coming for a while now and that has they've been taking the steps to do it, they are becoming their own brokerage. Mm -hmm. Like at some point, like they're not really going to need you <laughs> um, like as you currently are with them. So uh, depending on your relationship with them. So putting everything into that isn't a good long term plan. It's it's a great piece to have in your portfolio of, of what you use and the different things that you utilize, but certainly not something that you want to be your sole piece. Well, it, it's no different than like investing, right? You don't put all your money in the stock market because when the stock market crashes, you're screwed, right? right. And, and what, what I know too is there's still ways to make this a viable lead pillar if you're an agent. You've just got to understand how to do it and then have a plan B, a plan C. I mean, that's what a good business person does. And so, you know, it's, it's a Zillow world right now. We're kind of just living in it. And, mm -hmm. and I, it just, you have to kind of be aware of what's going on, understand what's happening, and be ready to pivot. And to me, that's, that should be any business no matter what. I mean, you look at the way the market is now, and it's no secret we've sold like a lot of expired listings. Well, guess what? There's no expired listings anymore because the market's so good. <laughs> so we've had to do other things. So, I, you know, we've had to change our disciplines here. We talk about this every week at, at our training. So important news. I think it's relevant to the consumer. If you're an agent, I mean, you really got to dial in and come up and be able to pivot. And and if, if you can't, that's okay, but you're going to be more disruptable and you might be in a, in a tough spot with your business. Sure. So that's enough for Zillow. I feel like we talk about Zillow every week. but they, You know, they come up a lot. Well, it's it's a Zillow world, <laughs> it right? Is, so it is. I found this uh, article that came out in, uh, in Real Water Magazine very interesting. So it was from the... Um, it's from Homelight's Top Agent Insights Report. So Homelight is a real estate referral company, and they conducted this in the fourth quarter of 2020 from a little over 1,000 agents. These are typically top producers, and they came up with the seven uh, biggest housing issues of 2021. So I'm just going to fire them off to you here. All right. And tell me if you think these are right, wrong. Like, let's just run through this, because I, I, I find this stuff so interesting because there's some that like, yeah, duh. And then others, yeah. it's like, what are you talking about? So and wait, this is for 2020 or 2021? 2021. Okay. So the first one was inventory shortages. Will that be a big issue in real estate? Yes. I mean, I don't even think we need to talk about that one. <laughs> that That's so clear. Um, I will say I do anticipate inventory is going to bubble up here yeah. uh, a little bit because right now we're at like a month supply in the suburban counties and about a two and a half month supply in the city in Philadelphia. 
So that's really low. Right. There are people that are getting ready to list. I mean, we, we, we've seen that. But 100%, that's an issue. Yeah. We're not, we don't even need to go through that one. This one's a little tougher. So widely distributed vaccines will boost consumer confidence. What do you think? I think it could. Um, but I think it's going to take a little bit for it to do that. I mean, what we know about the rollout so far is that you know, it's it hasn't been smooth, it hasn't been quick, it hasn't been easy. Um, there are a lot of pieces that need to fall into place. You have to get your first vaccine, then you have to get your second vaccine. I think that it's going to, I do think that it, you know, certainly it will do that, but I don't think that's going to be a quick switch. I think it's going to take months and months and months. And, um, but I, I think that that is fair to say is true. So Q3, Q4 is what I'm hearing yeah. from you. Okay. I, I, I do agree with that. And this one, if you, if you go into the details, 50% of the agents said that it would encourage more sellers to list and offset some of these inventory challenges. And, you know, obviously that's going to create some buyers to be able to transact a little more. You know, at some point, these people that have been thinking about selling, they're just going to sell. Like, it's right. going to happen. I mean, because most people move because of need. It's not, hey, I want to go through this really stressful transaction. and, and Just for and, fun. Yeah, just for fun. <laughs> I mean, it's, and there probably are some people that think that way. That's not the norm. Yeah. Um, I do agree with you. It's going to take some time. Like the infrastructure yeah. has not been strong. And I think that where we're going to see some of these uh, sellers that have been that have been holding off could be people who would be maybe ready to move into more of a retirement, like downsize mm -hmm. and move into, you know, more of a retirement community or a 50 plus or, or whatever. And those are typically tighter spaces. Like that's what you're looking for when you go to them. And there certainly are people that unless if they needed to go there right away, would be like, this is not the time to do that. Yeah, agree. Um, so I think, and not that that's like a massive number of people, but I think there is a nice little chunk that that will then open up some of these bigger suburban homes um, for the people they're trying to get in, for these people to then kind of downsize, so. Well, that's gonna be the baby boomer generation. That's the biggest amount of, that's the largest amount of people, right? And so those people have held off. I mean, I've had conversations with folks that, you know what, I'm I'm not moving to the retirement community because I don't wanna get COVID. And, or like, and, I'm not going to Florida right now. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> or there's some people that are like, hell yeah, I'm going to Florida. Yeah. So it just kinda, it just it, it depends. But what I what I do see is, right now there's a lot of uncertainty. There was a, there was a survey that came out from, from Zillow, so there we go again, um, that said, three quarters of, it wasn't through 73%, uh, people were hesitating for three reasons. Uncertainty about health and, and the virus, uncertainty about life in general, and uncertainty about finances. And the more things that can open, the more business gets back to usual, the more confidence it'll come back. And to me, the only way that happens is vaccination and herd immunity. I mean, that. Yep. so I, I do agree, it's gonna take some time. Number three, some homes will be lost to foreclosure. What do you think about this one? I mean, I think, that could be the case anytime, any year. There will always be some homes that could go to foreclosure. So I will say yes, but I don't know that it's going to be in um, a huge spike. I'm a, I'm a hard no on this one. I don't, I don't think it, you're right. It's going to be the normal amount of people yeah. that go into foreclosure. And you know, if you look at this this article, and this is one of these like clickbait articles, it says 40% of agents believe that the end of forbearance and stimulus plans could increase in foreclosure. So it's not even the majority, and they're saying right. this is a trend. Um, People have more equity in their homes than ever. Mm -hmm. So if you're really in a tough spot and can't make your payments, you can sell and get the money out. Right. So yeah, you're, it's not like your only option is to go into foreclosure. This isn't 2008. This isn't 2009. It's a, it's the greatest seller's market in two decades and probably even more than that. I've just been doing this for two decades. So I'm a hard no on this one. I agree with you. That was one of the ones I disagreed with, by the way. Obviously. Low mortgage rates will continue to drive demand. Yes. Yeah. I, we're moving on. This is a hard yes. Um, 
rates, even if they go up, it's still going to drive good. demand. It's still three point, you know, they're talking 3.3% at the end of the year. So absolutely. A permanent shift to remote work could encourage more moves. I don't know. Um, permanent shift to remote work could encourage more moves. Yes and no. Um, I think that in some cases it could have people like, all right, I no longer need to be in this spot. I can now go to where I really want to be or I can be further away from my office or it opens up some possibilities. Um, but I think at the same time, then there could be less moves for people like transferring or, um, you know, needing to get closer to the office. I, I don't know. I, I don't know how I feel about that one. So there, there is a decentralization trend going on. People are kind of moving out of cities. They're getting more elbow room, more space. Um, what I do envision, and you know, our job is not one of these because we're still going to be out in the field, meeting people, doing doing that sort of thing. Um, I, I think what, what's going to happen here is when you got you got to let this play out a little bit. Like this one's tough because it, it, I was we've talked about this before with with Gary Keller, right? So he's the CEO of Keller Williams, and and while it is a digital first world right now, I mean, we're meeting people on Zoom for the first time more than ever. That's not because we don't want to be in person. It's out of efficiency yeah. and effectiveness, right? I mean, how often do you schedule a Zoom to go over the paperwork with your clients, right? Yeah. So much easier than, hey, let's go drive out to my office. Right. And let's go over this on the phone. It's Let's screen share and you can read what we're talking about here. So, you know, in, in that way, it's, it's definitely digital first. However, there is a physical enhancement. I mean, there, there's some companies that, you know, I, I think a year or two, they're going to be out of the office. But once these vaccines roll out, I mean, they're going to have to make decisions on commercial leases. They're going to have to make decisions on office space. So I, I don't. And plus, where are they going to buy if there's no inventory? Right. Like, that's the thing you got to got to realize here. Um, now, there are some people that I think the financial industry is really ripe with this. I, like, I think they don't need to be in the office and they don't have they're not like a team environment in a lot of cases. So I think it, it's, it's going to depend. Um, and I also you know, d don't see this being long term. I mean, I think people want fit in, like personal interaction. I think that's the one thing missing right now in the pan. I mean, I don't know what your feeling is on that, but people want to see other people. Sure. So we're split on that one. I guess we don't know. Um, virus surges won't lead to further market panic, specifically the housing market. I think it depends on the level of the surge. I think that at this point, some of it has lost its, um, because there have been so many like surges yeah, and drops yeah. and surges and drops that like, while it's something that a lot of people still take very seriously, some people have almost gone a little bit numb to it, I think. So, um, you know, I think that if there are major surges, it certainly will have effects. Hopefully the vaccine will limit some of that and we won't be looking at, um, you know, more than one major surge coming up. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Um, I think if they were to really surge and stay high, it's that would affect people a bit. It's going to affect some people. I do agree with you. I mean, some people, and, and there's a wide spectrum here of like people that like, hey, I'm never wearing a mask ever, and the others, I haven't left my house since March. Like, right. and there's everyone in between. And I'm not saying it's right or wrong. This is just the reality of of the population. So. When you look at virus surges, what, what I do know is that the real estate industry is much more equipped for that now. So when this was first happened, you couldn't do like remote notaries or electronic mm -hmm. notaries. You couldn't do anything in person. I mean, we got hit pretty hard here in Pennsylvania with that. There was a lot of things that happened that the market wasn't ready for. And I, I and my view is that I think people were just like, it was also, hey, just stay home for two weeks. And right. now we're in month 10. So, yeah. the, the, you know, I think people have a better expectation of what's going to happen. And what they're realizing is that there's a way to be safe and go out and interact. You put your mask on. I mean, you know, like we get off the show here, masks are on. I mean, that's yeah. how it works. You wash your hands. 
If you're sick, don't go out, which I think people should do anyway moving forward. Because sure. that would drive me nuts when people show up somewhere and they're like, oh, I'm feeling really sick. And then next thing you know, everyone gets like yeah, strep like, throat. Yeah. It's like, thanks. I really appreciate that. So um, the market is probably better suited for this. And I would also say the real estate industry is too. Like there's, yeah. there's very clear guidelines on what to do. And when you look at other industries, I mean, even look at the restaurants right now. Restaurants have opened back up. And I think people are willing to take their chances now. And if people want to go to the restaurants, they're going to go. And if some people mm -hmm. don't, they're not. They seem pretty safe to me. I've been to a couple. Like, people wearing masks. Like, you can't do that when you're not sitting at your table. Like, it's very clear. Uh, so it seems like everyone's kind of ready for this. So yeah. I, I don't know that it's going to create further market panic. I think people are just, just ready to deal uh, with yeah, it. Yeah, like, just learning how to live with this not immediately going away. Yeah, and, and, and to, to that point, like, a lot of business owners are saying, you know what? I need to operate anyway, and I, I need to do these things in spite of the virus, and I'm willing to take my chances. Other people don't feel that way. They don't have to. I mean, that, that, that's, so I think there's, you know, there, there, there's more people apt to take their chances based on what their situation is. All right, the last one. This one's interesting. Affordability challenges persist, and tax credits may help. I don't agree with this one because I think that our issue is inventory. I don't think that it's affordability. I think that um, the tax credit, that's great for if somebody is able to find a house, get under contract, and they qualify for yeah, that. Yeah, agreed. But the issue here is inventory. I, I couldn't agree with you more. Also, this is the highest buyer affordability ever. Affordability is not the problem. These people can qualify. It's There's no houses to buy. Right. And that's what's driving this whole problem because the sellers that want to move, they can't find a house. So it's it, it's a whole thing. So I totally agree with you. This I don't agree with. The tax credit, like that would be nice for the first-time home buyers. I think it would probably help them a little bit in getting into a house. It's not gonna help the market. Right. It's more demand. Great. Like that's we don't we don't need any more of that. We need more houses to sell. Yeah. So this was interesting because these were realtors that were surveyed. And I find that like, I mean, there was about three of these here. I was like, what what are they talking about? So sure. I guess you gotta maybe do a better survey next time. Or, you know, also. People are always going to be split, and I don't think anyone really knows what's going to happen. So in interesting Absolutely. stuff here. And so we got a feel-good story real quick, and, and I, I really like this story because it's um, this is something that a lot of people don't talk about. So there's a company in uh, Lansdale. Um, it's called Crazy Balloon Delivery. And what she's been doing, her name's Laura Swart, um, um, and uh, she's delivering balloons to um, people in, in, in nursing homes and in assisted care facilities. And they're doing, and they're for twenty five bucks a customer can sponsor the creation and delivery of a balloon buddy um, to kind of send over to family members. What do you think about this? That's nice. Um, I'm <laughs> sure, like that's got to be lonely right now, being in a nursing home, not being able to to see family, to to have a lot of those interactions. Um, so you know, balloons will definitely brighten somebody's day. So I think that's a a fun little thing that they're doing. Now, and did this say is it specifically like? you pick a person to send them to, like it would be your family member, or was there something about? I think they're doing one nursing home at a time or one assisted living uh, facility at a time. Um, oh wait, no, and, and you can and you can do something specific here too. And we're gonna put, we'll put a link up to our business on here. Uh, you know, I, I I had this conversation with my aunt. And um, so I had a, um, a couple years ago, I had a 102 year old grandmother and she passed away, which, you know, great life, amazing, all good. I couldn't imagine if she was in one of the, if she lived in a sunrise, right? And like, it's gotta be lonely there. And you can't, like, you're not allowed in there. Like, it's not, that's the people that are most at risk. I mean, obviously look at all the nursing home issues that were there. I love that someone actually took the idea to do this. I mean, it, it's just something that like, makes you like smile and feel good. I thought you were gonna cry for a second. Um, <laughs> and, and, and I'm, I'm being, uh, and, and it's just, 
you know, it's nice. People aren't really talking about this. Like, I mean, it's got to be lonely in those places right now. And like, I've had, I've heard friends of mine. They have to go visit their relatives like through the window and stuff. Right. And they're like talking to them, and like that hasn't changed. That's the one place that hasn't really changed a lot compared to restaurants and salons and all the other places that got closed down. Right. Right. Yeah. No, I think that's a, a great thing to do, and it'll definitely be appreciated by the people who who receive them. And yeah, that's a good a good feel good story. Made me smile. So I thought we'd share. That's what we got this week. Catch you guys next week. Thanks for watching.